one. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Black Junior Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Ro Thompson. I want to thank you all so, uh, so much for tuning in to our podcast tonight. Uh, we got a special guest that's going to be uh, coming, uh, joining us in just a minute. He's actually here, but we've got a couple of announcements that we want to make um, before we actually get into the podcast. Um, do want to announce that um, this past week, we had uh, several uh, of our junior uh, players. Um, they uh, participated in the uh, PGA Junior Championship, which is one of the probably one of the biggest uh, junior golf tournaments in the country. Uh, we had um, um, Ahmad uh, Raul that participated this weekend. Uh, he's uh, joined us on the podcast tonight. We had Matthew Vital um, who participated as well. And then, of course, we had uh, Roman Solomon and Ian Davis. Uh, those are some of the uh, juniors that I'm aware of that participated um, in the Boys Junior uh, PGA Championship this past week. Um, if I miss anybody, Phil, just let me know, okay? You can jump right in and um, let me know if I miss anybody. Then we had the U.S. Girls Junior Championship in, over in Maryland, and we had a couple of our junior players that uh, participated in that the tournament. Uh, we had our very own Kendall Jackson uh, from Texas that participated in that. Um, we had we had uh, Amari Avery that participated in the um, in, in the championship, and she actually made the cut and advanced to the uh, match play that took place uh, that started today. The round of 64 actually started today, and then we had uh, Bailey Davis who actually uh, advanced and she made it to, to match play. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bailey won in a playoff today. Um, she chipped in, um, she chipped in uh, off the green and now she advances. She gets to advance to the uh, round of 32. So we're excited about our junior girls. They're doing very well right now. And then we got U.S. Worlds coming up now. That, that's, it's, that list is super long. So I, I won't be able to name all the names um, that are going to the U.S. Kids uh, World Championship. Um, but, man, we're excited about what's happening in the world of junior golf. Um, we got a lot of great players. We got a lot of uh, great things happening um, across the country. And so we, we, we're definitely excited about that. Um, I know uh, Ty is headed to Worlds. We got uh, his dad on, Sean. And then we've got, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, Cameron Guyton. Uh, little Cam is, is advancing. And um, I'll tell you what, let me do this real quick because I, I don't, I don't want to miss anybody because uh, this, this is a really, really, really uh, good time. And so we've got uh, Isabella Miller, Kendall Jones, Chloe Butts, Kayla Jackson, uh, Layla Alexis Pouncey. We got uh, Kalani Gathers, Vivian Lott, um, uh, Aaliyah Shields, um, Ariel Collins, Victor Monsu, Asbury Foster, uh, Chris Tank, Herschel uh, Butts, uh, Gavin uh, Dornabel, Axel Monsu, Robert Melendez, um, Arnold Pouncey uh, IV, Ty Treadwell, Ryan um, Tank, and Aiden Danani. I hope I didn't miss anybody. But we have a lot of juniors that are going to Worlds. And so we're very excited about that. And so um, 
we and 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 also last but not least, you all, um, the Cameron Champ Foundation has announced the uh, Matt Champ Invitational for 2022. I can't remember the exact dates, but I know it's in March. Okay, anybody got those dates for the upcoming Matt Champ Invitational? Anybody got those dates? Sean, you got those dates? Okay, if anybody gets to the dates, just let me know and we can we can announce it on the podcast, okay? So, without any further delay, we are going to bring up our guest speaker tonight. Um, our guest speaker, you all, comes to us from the, the big uh, country of Canada. Okay, that's right, that's right. So, uh, Coach Gad, you all, uh, just to tell you a little bit about uh, Coach Gad. Um, Coach Gad, you all, is a certified mental skills coach, author, speaker, and founder of Mental Tough Acad- Toughness Academy. He's been interviewed by numerous newspapers, radio shows, and podcasts. Um, he's a former professional athlete who represented his country internationally. And um, he's a university head coach and a father of two. Um, he's a high performance, um, you know, athlete. Um, his unique perspective allowed him to create a mentally tough athlete coaching program. And so he's got various clients uh, that include all levels, um, starters, your intermediate athletes, your high level uh, world champion, uh, Olympic players. And y'all, he has helped so many breakthrough um, that not only will help them in athletics, but has actually will actually help them in everyday life. So without any further delay, I want to bring up my guest tonight, Coach Gad Espinoso. Hey coach, how you doing? I'm well, Ro. How are you? Thank you for that intro. It was very nice. <laughs> thank you, man. You're welcome. Hey, thank you for agreeing to doing the podcast. You know, as I told you before, we've had some guest speakers on. Uh, we've had coaches. We've had some of our elite juniors come on the podcast. Um, we've had uh, fitness, golf fitness uh, coaches come on, but we've never had a mental skills coach. And I think that's probably one of the most important uh, aspects of golf because golf is mental. This is, it's a little physical, but it's mostly mental. But, you know, so before we get started, Gad, um, talk to us a little bit about your journey in the game of golf. Yeah, I mean, sort of my journey into what I do now is sort of, as you mentioned, I used to be a former professional athlete. Um, specifically, I was a professional soccer player. Nice. Um, I played professionally for 10 years. I represented Canada at a FIFA Youth World Cup. Um, and overall, I enjoyed a somewhat successful career, most people would say. But one of the things I remember a lot about my career is struggling a lot of times with just whether it be my own expectations, recovering from injury, um, and maybe not living up to what I hoped, I dreamed I wanted to do, having a bad tournament, having a bad game. And I remember not enjoying my journey a lot. I remember really struggling. So, you know, I, I like most athletes have my ups and downs, but I remember a couple of times really going through states of anxiety and depression and all that. And when I finished my career, and I, my career was cut short because of injury, uh, concussion related, I took a step back and I wasn't feeling healthy. And I thought, you know, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And just to make a long story short, I decided to get into coaching. But the one thing that I really said to myself is I wanted to not only coach 
athletes how to be better players. I wanted them to be able to understand the emotional part of themselves and how the psychological part makes a big difference in terms of their performance. Because basically what I did is I went on a, on a hunt, an investigation in terms of how to get my brain healthy because I had concussion issues. And as I was investigating my brain, I started reading about psychology and sports psychology and how important that was to an athlete's performance. And the more I read, the more I was thinking, well, why in the world, if it's so important, and obviously it is, right? No one disagrees with that. Why wasn't I ever taught about this? Why wasn't this ever part of my player development, whether it be my club, my organization, uh, mom and dad maybe somehow introduces to me, uh, and it never was. So this is a huge gap in the coaching industry. It's a huge gap in the player development uh, practice model that all players do. And that's why I decided to get into it. And, and to make a long story short, again, I, I went into, got my certification um, with my background in, in, as a player, um, as a coach, um, two, two kids that were um, competitive athletes. My daughter was a competitive swimmer. My son was a competitive hockey player. I bring this unique perspective from all different angles that allow me to put together, like you say, the mental toughness athlete program. And that's good. That's good. We, we, and we, and we all know as, as parents and, you know, we have, we have a couple of players on here. We know golf is, is, is mental. And, and if you don't have your mindset, right, it's, it's going it, it can, it can be tough. It can be a, 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 a journey that's, that's, that's rough. So talk a little bit about um, Coach Gad. Talk a little bit about why it's important to be mentally tough um, in the game of golf. Yeah, getting right to the point, a young athlete, a young golfer could prepare technical-wise for their swing and all the mechanics around their swing. They could prepare themselves to be strong, uh, you know, be flexible, be agile, have that nice sort of twist what they need in their core, torso and all that. Um, they could have everything ready, but if they're not thinking the right thoughts as they, as they go up to the tee, right. Right, as they bend down to put the ball where it should be and get ready to swing, if they're not thinking the right things, everything else could easily fall apart. So that's worst case scenario, but even a good case scenario, even a young golfer could be playing well. But what a lot of young athletes don't know, golfers, you name the sport, is that sometimes they might have another level that they can even reach wow. that they don't even know about if they have the right mindset in. So the, the mindset, the mental toughness, the psychology, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. It really allows you to get to that next level and to fulfill your potential. That's sort of what it does. That is a big difference maker. So, so when you talk about this right mindset, okay, I know, I know, I know, I know this is the million dollar question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but how do we, how do we get our juniors to reach that right mindset? Is it, is it exercises? Is it the thought process? I mean, give us, give us uh, some, some background on that. Yeah, it's all of the above and more. I mean, you know, how does a young golfer perfect his or her swing? hours and hours of practice True. watching somebody on tv that they uh that they want to emulate maybe that they think that has a great swing that they want to be similar to um and it's the same with the mind they have to be able to a practice it but more importantly they have to know what to practice and that's the big gap right because 
if, if we tell, if you tell a young golfer, you know, we need to improve how, the length of your drive. They have an idea of what they need to do. They got to get stronger, more agile, maybe write some torque, some swing, and then whatever else you need to do from a technical standpoint. But if we say to a young golfer, you know, you need to have a more positive mental state. You need to forget about that last tournament, the last hole. You need to be more confident in yourself. Well, all nice things, but the question is how, what do they do? So it is a process of understanding how to focus better, how to be more confident, how to be more resilient. And back to the million dollar question, well, how do you do that? Um, It's a lot of things. I mean, you know, one of the things that I like to point out is I have, um, and we'll give access to your listeners as well. I have a quick little book that, that I call the four key mindset changes that your athlete needs to make ASAP to be more focused, to be more confident, more resilient. So that's a good place to start. And, and key number one is understanding that failure is not only okay, but at the young age, failure should be expected. And wait for this, failure should actually be embraced, wow. be hugged, right. Right? right? And for athletes, that is hard, especially for a young athlete. Now, if you told me this when I was young and as an athlete, I would say, no, thank you. I don't want to fail. I'm, I'm used to winning. I'm used to, right? Right. But the truth is, is that failure is an amazing teacher. Mm. And we've heard it before. We know it. But how do we make it practical? But that is understanding that and trying to believe in that is sort of step one, to be honest with you. Wow. That's good. That's good. And, and I had another question on the tip of my tongue. But, you know, when you, th- when you talk about step one, um, you know, golf is one of those uh, sports where, you know, you, you're going to fail a lot. I mean, you're going to fail a lot. Um, you're going to make bad shots. You're going to, you know, your execution is going to be poor sometimes. And so when, when, you, when you talk about step one, um, what, what are some other tips that you can give us on how we can get the, the kids to manage uh, step number one? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we could have a whole podcast just on step number one, right? So, but just to give you some, some uh, brief points here, so the first thing is to, for them to understand that, and, and I'll sort of take the analogy somewhere else. And Coach Gad, I did, yes. I did make you co-host, so um, you can share any any type of PowerPoint you want to share with us too, okay? Fantastic. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay. Um, when I'm working with an athlete one-on-one, one of the first things I, I tell them or I ask them, I go, you know, when, when do you learn more after a test or an exam? When do you learn the most? And most athletes tell me, you know, when I'm studying, coach, when I'm studying, I'm, I'm learning all this information. And that's when I learn the most. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, you're learning. Yeah. But you actually learn the most when you get your exam back, when you get your test back and you see all the mistakes that you made. Why? Because now you know all the things that you don't know or you can know better, all the stuff that your teacher highlighted for you. And the next time you write that test, the next time you make you write that exam, you're going to focus on those things that you made a mistake last time. Right. In athletics, in golf, it's the same thing. We learn more when we miss that putt, mm-hmm. when we miss that shot, when we have a lead and then we let it slip, right? So we have to go back, take a step back and think about, okay, what was happening? What was happening within my swing? What technical errors did I have that I need to fix? What was I thinking about? Was I nervous about that shot? Was I thinking too much ahead? 
was I thinking if I missed that shot, you know, they're only going to, they're going to be getting closer and closer to me. So it's also, it's about understanding that mistake, taking a step back and really evaluating your technical part, um, your mindset. And if anything else was around it, maybe it was it a physical mistake that you did. So taking that step back and really seeing what was going on when that happened. So that's one thing that athletes can do in terms of understanding that failure is going to help them become better athletes. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because we, uh, when we do a, when we do our practice rounds or when we're playing golf, we always, we all, you, you, the thing you just said is we learn from that first mistake and we call, we call the second golfer Bubba Watson and Bubba Watson is a, you know, master's champion. He's a great player because when you make that second strike, when you make that second hit, it's always the right hit. It's always the right putt. So like you just said, you, you, you learn from, you know, your failures, but, you know, we just gotta, we, we just gotta, you know, of course, learn how to, you know, do it right the first time, but make sure we have the right mindset going into that first strike. So we talked a little bit about step number one, uh, coach Gad talk to us a little bit about step number two. Yeah. So step number two or key number two, uh, in terms of mindset shifts that young golfers, young athletes need to make is you're looking into understanding that you have to focus only on things that you can control. And that is easier said than done, believe me. But like with anything, with practice, you get better and better at it. So very quickly, right? In, In a game of golf, what are some of the things that you cannot control? You can't control who you're uh, competing against. Mm -hmm. You can't control the weather, right? You can't control maybe how the the course is, right? Is it kept nicely or not and all that, right? Yeah. You can't control that. So by you focusing on and and worrying about those things, you're pretty much wasting your time, your energy, and and you're using all that energy for negative things that's going to quickly get into mindset shifts and negative thought process. So what can you control? And the truth is, there's only three things you can control in any athletic situation. Number one is you can control your preparation, right. your physical preparation, right? So that's everything to do with you, your technical stuff, your physical stuff. If you have a, a, a tournament tomorrow, you go to bed earlier, you can control when you go to bed, you control what you're eating and everything else, right? You can control that for sure. Right. The second thing you can control is your effort level. Whether you're down by five or 10 strokes and you're having a bad round or you're up by 10 with just the last hole left and you know what, you're down the home stretch and you're pretty much scot-free, you're gonna win that tournament. Your effort level, it should always be the same. There's no compromise there and it's under your control 100%, right? The last one, the most important one, the most difficult one is you actually can control your thoughts. Mm. And, and part of the mental toughness program is teaching athletes how to control their thoughts. And part of it is understanding that failure is okay. Um, focusing on what you, what you control. Uh, so many things that we can talk about. But once you learn how to control your thoughts, now every time an, uh, a golfer goes to a tournament, they start to focus on their technique, their swing, their, their, how they can prepare, their breathing, they focus on their effort level, and now they focus on their thinking. Are my thoughts positive? Are they, are they somewhere that I need to be? Am, am I somewhere else if I am? You're probably wasting your time and you're wasting your energy. 
Right. And, 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 and you, um, you bring up a good point because you know, when you, when you think about your thought process, when, when, when our young athletes are, are playing golf, um, I want you to spend a little bit of time on this. And then if you got some things you want to share, you know, we can go into step three and step four, but I want to ask you, um, what's the best way for a young athlete to control their temper on the golf you know, on the golf course, control the temperament, the mindset. If I make a bad shot, you know, what's the best way for a young golfer to control their temper? I mean, step number one, always in any situation that is an anger, anxiety, stress, whatever you want to call it, right. is breathing, okay. right? Right. I'm not a, I'm not a breathing coach. I'm a mental strength, mental performance, mental skills coach. Right. But all the skills that I teach start off with understanding that you need to breathe. So whether you use a box, box breathing method, um, uh, any method that you want to learn online, I teach my athletes a couple of different methods. Step number one is take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out. No matter where you're at, that's going to bring your heart rate down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's going to clear your mind up a little bit. It's not going to clear it all the way. But once you do that, then you start adding different mental game tools to what you need to do. And I mean, tools could be everything from uh, reframing situations, using visualization, having uh, an anchor tool. So some sort of physical cue to get them back on track. There is so many things that athletes can do and should do to be able to overcome a difficult situation. They're angry, they're angry at themselves or something happened. Take a deep breath, visualize your next shot, reframe the situation, whatever they might be able to do first and foremost, whatever helps them at that, at that point is what they should do. Gotcha. So, um, which I think may bring us into uh, step number three. Um, when it comes to the, the mental skills, uh, what's step number three, coach? So step number three is something that when I, when I tell people, and sometimes they might think, really, that's, that's step number three, but it's an important one. And, and step number three, and again, key number three, because I have the four keys, four keys. Is, is understanding your commitment level to what you want to accomplish. And let me explain by saying this. As athletes, we get into sports, young golfers get into golf because they like golf. They have a natural ability. Uh, they're good at it. When they're good, we get praised. We like it. We feel good. We get into it. We want more of that. And then so forth, so forth, right? As we develop and things become more competitive, we really need to up the ante in terms of our commitment level. And so one of the things that, and I'm going to see if I could share my screen with you here is that most athletes, most coaches, and us as parents, I raise my hand because I'm a parent as well, is that we're great at helping our athletes. And let me know if you could see this here. Yes, see we that? can see it, coach. Yep. So this is the four-corner athlete development model. So athletes, coaches, and, and parents, we're great at committing to the doing part of an athlete's development. Wow. A young golfer's development, right? Practicing the technical part. Everything that has to do with them becoming better golfers from a technical standpoint right? We're great. Athletes are great, really most of them at getting themselves physically ready. They know they have to be physically ready to be the best they can be. Awesome. What a lot of people have the problem in, and it's more than any, because there's a lack of understanding is the thinking part. Wow. For any young athlete to develop to their full potential, they have to also develop their social end of things, which happens a lot with 
in individual sports, it's a little bit more difficult because there's a social communication part with coaches and, and maybe other people, other athletes that they train with. Um, but the biggest one is the psychological. And so when I say commitment is key number three or step number three is that you have to understand that you have to commit to all four areas of development if you're really serious about being the best young golfer you want to be. Because if you leave out this or this, you're leaving a lot of chips on the table, like I, like I say. Wow. Because, you know, you could still be, and I'll bring it to my next screen here. You could still be a, um, yeah, so I'm just going to skip through this quickly. You could still be playing at a high level, right? Because you're doing all the technical stuff, the physical part, the social part. And you might have some psychological stuff in there that you talk about, parents talk about, coaches talk about, something's happening there. Mm -hmm. And you might be at a good level, right? However, you won't reach your peak performance or full potential unless you add some sort of real focused, committed effort into improving your psychological aspect of your development. Wow. And that's when it gets you to your full potential. So this could be awesome, but it could be untouchable, Mm. right? It could be good to excellent. It could be not very good to good. It could be really having a tough year to, okay, it's not bad, but I could be better. You know, every, every athlete, every golfer is in a different stage in, in this process. So, so that's, that, that's number three. That's number three. All right. Yeah. Give us key so, numbers. Sorry. Three. So just, just to wrap that up. So then basically what, what a young golfer needs to do is they need to find 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes in a week and find a way to develop their mindset. What, what I call brain training. That's what commitment is. Yes. Finding a little, a little space within that week to mm-hmm. be able to add this as part of their scheduled training. So they have the training that they go to when they go practice golf. Some probably have a schedule when they go with a, a personal trainer or maybe to the gym. Exactly. And now they have to schedule something for brain training. That's commitment number three. Okay. And before, I, before we go to key number, number four, uh, Coach Gad, What's the what's one of the best ways to train psychologically? I mean, is it videos? Is it YouTube? I mean, what's what's the best way to train on that? I would say the easiest one, so it doesn't become a burden to anybody, is very simply going online, using Google, mm-hmm. punch in sports psychology for athletes, sports psychology for young athletes, and read one or two articles a day. That's the easiest, simplest way of doing it, for sure. You don't have to go out there and buy a book. You don't have to go there and do anything that, you know, might make it where your young athlete's just not going to do it. How much, how long is it going to take to read an article? 10, 15 minutes? Right. Um, maybe another five minutes just to understand the key points. And that's sort of what, by bare minimum, a young golfer should be doing. Right. All right. So give us key number four. All right, so let me stop the search here. Okay. I'll stop the share, sorry. Uh, so key number four is sort of the cousin of key number three. And same thing, I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to say, well, well that's nothing, not, not earth shattering, but it's understanding how it works. So key number four is understanding the, not only the commitment, but putting in the hard work that you need to, to bring all this together. Gotcha. So now that you've committed, say, okay, Coach Gad, this kind of makes sense. I'll commit to 50 minutes a week of brain training. I'll read 
an article or two a week. Nice, great, good start. So now it's making sure not only that you do it, but you do it focused. You read that article, you really dissect it a bit. It's not going to take you more than five minutes to read the article. Dissect a couple of key things that you liked about it and see where and how that fits into where you are right now. And, and that little by little starts to embed certain thoughts, certain what we call, um, what we, what we call um, positive thinking patterns, success thinking patterns. Right. And then that starts to be ingrained in a young athlete's brain. Now, having said that, there is a little secret in what we call the sports psychology or mental game world. Okay. And that is that, you know, our brains are is such a fascinating, um, um, it works in such a fascinating way that it doesn't know the difference whether a young golfer is out in the golf course practicing their swing or at home because it's raining and in their bedroom, closing their eyes and imagining their swing. Wow. Our brain doesn't know the difference. The same neural connections happen. Like this is nothing that I'm just saying because I like to say things like this. This is scientifically proven. You can go online and read an article and it'll tell you all the, the neuroscientists and all the, exa- all the, all the um, research that they did. The same neural connections happen whether a, a young golfer is outside practicing their swing or at home imagining their swing. So as part of that commitment of 15, 20, 30 minutes, they could spend five, 10 minutes reading an article, five, 10 minutes understanding the article, dissecting it, and then another five, 10 minutes imagining the course that they're going to play if they know it. Imagine maybe the course that they just finished playing and how they could have done things better. And that all encompasses them becoming more mentally stronger, mentally prepared, And when you're prepared better, the brain, the subconscious brain, again, I could go on and on, but just very quickly, the subconscious brain loves being prepared. When you prepare the subconscious brain by reading, by visualization, by all the stuff that I'm talking about, it starts to open up for you. And it says, I like this. No, this feels good. We're preparing. And now you're going to go to the golf tournament, technically prepared physically prepared, you're connecting with friends and family, so socially you're good, and now you're starting to be there mentally. Psychologically, right. Right, psychologically. But if you don't do anything psychologically, you're going to go there physically prepared, technically, technically prepared, socially still connecting with everybody and friends and chatting and all that stuff, but you're not going to be there mentally. Mm. So your brain is going to be somewhat in this sort of open, close up and down, depending what happens. And it's really hard for anybody to play at their full potential when they're like that. Wow. Coach Gad, you, you brought me to, um, you know, I've been in business for about 20 plus years and I, I found out, I found out about a program called the secret. The secret. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but it's, I have. yeah. So, and so when you start talking about the, the mental, the mindset, the, the brain, imagine and thinking about it and you know all of that 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 just hit me like a ton of bricks so i mean you're you're, you're really dead on it yeah so, and and just so you know but even within visualization because a lot of people when i talk about visualization they say yeah yeah that's i like that and yeah i've heard about that or that i agree with that but the truth is there's different levels of visualization 
it's not just sitting down and thinking about, oh, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kill this course. I, I know it well. I've been there before. It's, there's different levels of visualization. It's adding senses, adding all the things that make it so real so that your brain actually believes it's happening. And for some people that might seem like out of this world stuff, but again, it is proven. It's, it's, psycho, it's, it's researched by neuroscientists. So it does work. There's just different levels of how to do it. Man, I tell you, Coach Gad, this, is, this has been great. Um, you know, I think, you know, you've, gave, you've given us a lot to think about, to, to really implement into our juniors' um, schedule and, and repertoire. Um, and, and so I guess my next question for you is, you know, you, you shared with me earlier about a, um, about a PDF that you wanted to share with the group. Yeah, so the four keys that we just talked about right now, so the four key mindset changes that every athlete needs to make right away right. to become more focused, more confident, more resilient, um, you can have it as a free PDF. So anybody that's listening, whether now or in the future, um, what I'll do is I'll quickly just grab the, the link to it and I'll share it. So there's a couple ways that you can get, get it. One way is I'm just going to grab the link here. I'm going to put it in the chat and they could just hit that there and they could go right to the, so let me do that right now. And I have a copy too. So I'll be able to get, get it to all the junior parents and the juniors too. Awesome. And then what I'm also going to do is I'm also going to, punch in here my website coachgad.com okay. so when they hit that as soon as they go to the front the first page the home page right at the very top it's going to be that offer for the free pdf so yeah you could go there have that handy keep it in the car so that when your child is on the way to a, a tournament they could quickly read it keep it top of mind so that's how they can get a copy of that right and before we open it up for Q Q and A, Coach Gad, how can how can everybody get in touch with you? I know you get put the website. I wasn't sure if you were on Facebook or Instagram. Um, how can how can our junior parents and juniors get in touch with you? Yeah. So one of the things I like to do because I know every situation is different. So one of the things I like to do is provide a um, what I call a discovery call. If you have something specific that your son or daughter uh, is struggling with, or maybe not struggling and want to get into that next level. Um, I, uh, I have um, a free or yeah, what I call a free 30 minute discovery call. So I'm just gonna also punch in that link here as well. So you could book that with me. We'll discuss what's going on with your son or daughter um, and see you know, if something that we could talk about right away and give you some ideas and sort of go that way as well. So that's another way they could connect with me. That's beautiful, Coach Gad, thank you so much. So what we're gonna do right now